You know what that is? That's Mac Jones' lie music right there. That's what that is. George, we were told. We were told that we were that we were rude. They said it was Mac the whole we're not way. Believing. They said it was Mac the whole way. They did. They did. They said they said the information was good. Well, uh, it turns out Mac Jones was a lie. This is uh, the PFF forecast. We were staying up late. We're staying up late. I'm not even remotely tired. In fact, I have more energy, Eric, right now than I did like nine hours ago. This is going to be an absolute treat. We are going to do a few things here. We're going to talk about some of the big storylines. You remember like six hours ago when Aaron Rodgers was getting traded? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, um, we're going to do uh, we're going to do Little Rodgers. We're obviously going to talk about the syndicate where we're at right now. You've got tickets ready for us to go cash. We're going to talk about some props. It looks thin right now, but we'll um, we'll yep. scrape around see what's out there. We've got some user takes and questions. We're going to uh, talk about fields. We're going to talk about Lance. Uh, we're going to talk about the disaster that happened in the mid twenties. Um, hey, look, the disaster has happened in the mid twenties for many, but it did in this draft too. <laughs> this is true. Um, we're talking the AFC uh, North is fascinating based on what some teams did and uh, what uh, what the Steelers did. I got a I got a really funny uh, message from somebody, oh. uh, and I think it describes uh, the AFC North extremely well. Okay, give it to me. If you were a member of the Browns or the Ravens and you planted a mole inside of the Steelers organization, could you have done a better job sabotaging that franchise this offseason than they did themselves? No, you legitimately could not have. Like, <laughs> Matt, like that has, with a few exceptions, obviously, because the Ravens have won two Super Bowls, that has, with few exceptions, been the model franchise in that division since probably 1990 yeah and it it's not anymore it, you know cleveland baltimore uh they're going to be duking it out and unfortunately pittsburgh's going to be um hanging a banner when they exercise Najee harris's fifth year option poor Najee harris the guy's not going to get to exercise the fifth year option because he's running behind this garbage offensive line so um it, if we want to start here we can start here, but this is going to be a bloodbath, folks. I hope you are ready because um, I think what the Steelers did is by picking – and now this is not a Najee Harris knock, fine player, but this team is not good. I know that they got off to this foolish undefeated streak to start last season, but you are delusional if you think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are anywhere near the favorites, the Browns and the Ravens, both of whom had – Excellent first rounds. The, the the Bengals. The Bengals beat them right down the street here without Joe Burrow. The Bengals got Jamar Chase. They're picking at the top of the next round. They might get one of these tackles. They might well, get that, Tevin Jenkins. So we talk about expectations. So tonight, more corners, edges, and linebackers went than we expected. It went under 18 and a half. Uh, mm -hmm. offensive players in round one. I think a couple of the biggest beneficiaries of this are the teams that went wide receiver early. 
Uh, you know, because like there's a number of spill. Like I bet a, a small amount on on over six and a half offensive linemen round one. That did not even come close to hitting, mm-hmm. and that that's going to really benefit the Bengals. It's even going to benefit George, like Kansas City later in the first round because they're going to get one of these like linemen trickling back to second them. Round, yeah, yeah, second round, and. Like, I mean, that's great. I mean, for, for teams like that, teams that stuck their neck out, took wide receiver, a la Bengals, a la um, Miami Dolphins, um, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Like, or not Philadelphia Eagles, but um, I'm trying to think of uh, – yeah, I'm blanking here. But, you know, those teams, they're going to be able to uh, – you know, Baltimore, for example. Baltimore went edge wide receiver. You know, at some point they're going to get a lineman later just because a lot of these guys haven't been taken. So you look at the AFC North right now. Uh, to me, the Steelers are in the worst position yeah. of any of these teams, and it's by a, a country mile. And what was so funny was off the back end of this, so the Steelers go and pick Najee Harris. Um, they are going to be – it's going to be so funny. It's going to be so fun. Steelers fans, I am just – I can't get to next season quick, uh, quick enough. I just – I am so excited to see you – um, just enjoy the fruits of your labor uh, from this past season. It is going to be magical. It's going to be incredible. I mean, they better take a quarterback here soon because, um, you know, they, they just might as well start building for the future. In fact, I actually thought to myself, maybe they're tanking. Maybe they're trying to get a better pick next season. But here's the funny thing. So the Steelers go and they take Najee Harris. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, who got Trevor Lawrence with number one overall, and are the poster child for why you don't spend first-round picks on running backs, a la James Robinson, who was a what was it, fifth-round pick or whatever, um, who was a phenomenal running back. They go and spend a first-round pick on Travis Etienne. And I'll make this claim. I think that pick is worse than the Najee Harris pick because you actually had a chance. You actually have a quarterback here that needs pieces. And you already had a good running back. What in the hell are you doing? And then you see Urban Meyer's quote about how Etienne's going to be like a nice third down piece for them. I mean, I can't. I just can't. I mean, that's the thing. Like a couple things here. A, you know better because your running back last season was like the poster boy for running backs don't matter. Last season, where did we have him? Um, you know, he, he was, you know, a very serviceable back. We had him, uh, last he had over a thousand yards, you know, mm-hmm. uh, combined, um, you know, you had, you obviously have, um, you know, Carlos Hyde who's a thousand yard running back just a couple years ago. Um, also sort of shows how bad like second round picks even are. And then the third thing, which I just, I can't get over is Javante Williams is better than both Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. And he's still freely available, and I guarantee mm-hmm. you, George, when they hang up the prop for not uh, for Javante Williams, I'm going to bet somehow into Javante Williams tomorrow because I believe so much in him. Like this, it was just so bad. And and again, like when you're the Jaguars, like this is like this is just this is just too much. Like as far as you're you're buying in too much to a your ability to evaluate the running back position. Um, and then B, like how much a running back can actually affect uh, the sort of outcome space for a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. 
Um, to, to close this one off, the Browns, who are just continuing. When is the last time the Browns made a bad decision? Like, they certainly they deserve it, and this is fantastic for Andrew Barry and that whole organization. But they come off of those two running backs, and they take a corner, and Greg Newsom, who both Darius Butler and Mike Renner on our show and, and Chris were raving about his feet and, and what that can add to their their secondary is going to be incredible. They keep investing there. And then you see the Ravens go get Rashad Bateman with, and, and then uh, Jason away with the pick that they got from your Chiefs. Three teams in the AFC North made significant strides towards becoming better teams. And the Steelers, I mean, they basically lit a first-round pick on fire. And I hate to say that because it sounds mean. It's not meant to be that way. Uh, it's just the nature of the beast in the NFL right now. Let's go back to the top, though. Okay, so what do you make of this Aaron Rodgers stuff? You've been, you know, you've you were from, you're from Minnesota. You get this, um, you know, Packers fandom and and all this this shit. Um, I can't believe I, I like stuttered on swearing. By the way, <laughs> like, do you think he's going anywhere? Like, what's your take on this? Well, you know, I I did grow up rooting for the Vikings. And I remember, I remember exactly the day as a senior in college when Brett Favre said he would retire. And I remember the, uh, relief that I had, you know, and, and, and I remember exactly where I was when it happened. And I think this, you know, the Rogers situation sort of has a, um, you know, remember where you were when it happened sort of thing. But the problem I think is, that the Packers, you know, and it's a couple regimes ago, but they play hard. They play hardball with Favre, and you know, ultimately, almost blew up in their face with Minnesota, like almost winning a Super Bowl with him. And they almost have to look at the Jordan Love thing differently than they look at the Aaron Rodgers thing. Aaron Rodgers was three years into his career when Favre uh, finally hung it up for the first time. Jordan Love's nowhere near that. He couldn't even unseat Tim Boyle as the second quarterback for uh, the Packers last year. So I think they're a little nervous. And again, this is where we talk. Let's bring this back to the Falcons pick for a second. So when you have an MVP caliber quarterback and you have a difficult deal to get out from under and you have some life left in the tank, Right. And when mm -hmm. when the Packers got Aaron Rodgers, Favre that first year of Rodgers threw 29 interceptions. So like he was still hitting the downturns. Now he took the team to 13 and three like two years later, but there was still some left in the tank. And this is the risk that you have, because if you scenario plan these things, George, mm -hmm. worst case scenario, let's say worst case scenario, your quarterback's terrible. Right. The, mm -hmm. the, the veteran guy. Well, you can move on from that, but actually not that easily in the case of Ryan or in the case of Rodgers, by the way. If he's average, you're stuck, right? Because you, you're, you're, you're basically quarterback competition. That's no yeah. fun. And then, what you, and then if it's great, if Rodgers wins the MVP, let's just say it could happen, then you're, it's, you're not even all that much in a better position because you've already ticked off that quarterback. You already have this cost control player that economics would hope that you buy into and no one's happy, right? So to me, that's where, again, we were talking about this, um, I think a little bit ago, I think I was talking about this with Steve on the ride home. 
that middle class quarterback contract, that Andy Dalton quarterback contract, which was, in my opinion, the difference between Chicago being able to trade up past Minnesota and Minnesota sort of being a little hesitant at the at the jump. That's so important because I feel like that having a guy like Dalton in there helps the fields pick happen. Having a guy like Garoppolo there lets the uh, Trey Lance pick happen. Mm -hmm. But when you have a quarterback who's an elite-level player, I think you either have to rip the Band-Aid off or you have to just stick with him and let it ride it out. And to the Falcons' credit, I think, they see that and say, okay, for better or worse, I mean, they might, they probably should have still traded the pick, but let's assume they couldn't get a suitor. They're going to play it out with Matt Ryan. And they're going to put a lot around him and just hope. But if he turns into an MVP with our under Arthur Smith and with a player like Pitts, there's going to be there's going to be no consternation there. I I am very interested because this wasn't Russell Wilson. Okay, Russell Wilson said a lot of very uh, passive aggressive things, right? The stuff that came out about, about Aaron Rodgers was not passive aggressive. So it's either a lie or he is done with Green Bay. Like those were not things, you know, like I always make these like relationship analogies, right, Eric? But like if if the person you're with goes, yeah, actually, I just don't want to be with you anymore. There's no like, ah, you know what? I, I didn't really mean that. Like I don't get the sense that, that if this is true – this relationship is tenable. And so the question to me becomes, well, what the hell do you do next? Because um, they didn't trade him pre-June you know, pre 1. So you wait till after that. Who actually is going to then offer them something that they want? You know, the, the rookies now, their value, you know, down, downsize as soon as you drive them off a lot. Um, so it's, it's weird because I like don't see how it works and I don't see how they trade him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, I, that being said, though, I mean, I think I'll say this: you can make these trades. Um, you can make these trades after the draft. It, it's just the desperation of the team you trade with has to be immense. Like, I, I made fun of today. Like, the Seahawks traded Jamal Adams. And then the next the, the next draft, there was no safeties taken around one. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. quintessential Seahawks to spend two first rounders when one first rounder isn't even worth a safety this year. You know, like it's funny that way. But like we've seen that Khalil Max trade came after long after the draft. Um, you know, as I said, Adams, like I think this doesn't spell the end of it. And like if you're a team, you know, like Denver. If you're a team like, um, you know, if you're a team that loses a guy, so we talked about, we didn't talk about this on air, but we talked about it off air. Um, you know, when Carson Palmer said, look, I'm not going to play for the the Bengals, mm-hmm. the Bengals were like, okay, well, we'll just draft Andy Dalton in round two and move on with our lives, right? And, um, you know, it got to about like week six or seven, and the Oakland Raiders were like in contention, but like Jason Campbell breaks his you know scapula or something, and then like and then the Bengals got a first and a second from Oakland. Like desperation could move one of these teams to taking on Aaron Rodgers. Like a number of those things. I mean, Brett Favre didn't get traded to the Jets until training camp of 08. So like I don't think it spells the end, um, but I think a lot more 
bad things have to happen because like weirdly, and I, I wonder if you get this vibe too, Brett Favre was a football guy. Like Brett Favre was addicted to the game. You know, aw shucks, like, you know, does Percy want me to play? Sure. You know, like all that kind of stuff. And I think Rodgers has so many more outs. Like I do think the Packers have to do more to appease him, which is, you know, adds a wrinkle to it. Hmm. It's um, so okay. So yeah, you had to did, put did your you come money. down to Hattiesburg to come get me? <laughs> yeah. Did Chili? Did Chili send you? <laughs> this is what I needed tonight. This is what I needed tonight. <laughs> um, if you had to put your money on it, um, so I don't know what the odds are now. I don't know if you can find them anywhere, but it was like what minus eight hundred. He stays plus six hundred. He goes. Um, which would you bet on right now? You got to lay. <sighs> Um, I would, I would bet he stays. So how does that, like, how does that or, or retires? I would bet he stays or retires. I, you know, um, the retirement, the retirement for what it's worth. Let's think about the retirement here for a second. Okay. He is currently, he's about to get married. This is a guy that has been, you know, in not super, like he's had a couple relationships, but you know, it's. Clearly, something's put on the back burner, and you know me, Eric. I'm I'm a student of the what Instagram tells me. Okay, mm-hmm. and here's student what Instagram tells me: student of the game. I'm a student. I provide. I grade every player on every play in every game. Okay, <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Okay? I watch their Instagram lives, and you know what I see? I it reminds me of eighth graders going to the movies for the first time. That's what it reminds me of. Like Aaron Rodgers, it, he acts a way that I have not seen him act. It's, it's, it's an act. You know, when you make the, you see that your friend in front of like this, the girl, and you're like, wait, what the, what the fuck is this? You know, mm-hmm. that's what this reminds me of. And I could see his level of comfort in his situation where he goes, mm-hmm. look, they love me on Jeopardy. State Farm's paying me millions of dollars to throw a ball off a cliff in Hollywood. Right. Okay. With some guy who doesn't know how to trim his beard correctly. Right. And I'm about to marry a Hollywood actress. What the fuck am I doing playing for Green Bay if I don't want to? Like, I think the 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 retirement, I think, is real. So Yeah, well, I think Rogers strikes me as a person who is a lot deeper than football. And oftentimes as somebody like, you know, I, you know, when, when I retired or stopped playing, you know, like, mm. and I, and Is I, that what we're calling it. Yeah. By the <laughs> way, I, my rant on Rogers cost us like a hundred viewers. So yeah, yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. I when, when I, you. but like, I do think that, I do think that unlike Favre, I think he would find a release in moving on. And, um, and that, that's just something you consider. And the Packers, it might be the cleanest way for the Packers to get out of all of this because then he would have to pay back some of the bonuses and all that kind of stuff. We'll see. I, you know, it, it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, by the way, I just learned that on Streamyard last, like the last time we did our podcast, that I can put up your comments and I will be putting up your comments here. Um, let's talk about the syndicate. Okay, um, so it goes. Mac Jones minus 400 leading into today. And then all of a sudden we start to realize that, you know what? Maybe trading three picks for a fat quarterback who doesn't have that strong of an arm 
ain't the smartest thing in the world. Like maybe that's not going to happen. I want to know this. Do you think there was really ever any truth? Because uh, Matt Mayoko tweeted that Shanahan said Lance was the guy all along. Do you think that they really bamboozled the shit out of everyone with Mac Jones? Uh, no. No. I, no. I think I think the 49ers panicked to get to that third spot. I don't really? think it was this like cuz cuz here's here's what I'll say. And 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 this is I uh, you know, we we made a lot of money tonight. I think we were like 29% ROI on these stats. You just love it. And and I think it would have been a lot better had Fields gone. It would have been about a little bit more than break even had Mac gone. So we we won a lot of like we I think we saw the thing very clearly. But the only thing that I'm happy about with Trey Lance going third is that we won our bets. I think that taking Trey Lance over Justin Fields is only a slightly smaller blunder than taking Mac Jones over Justin Fields. I think wow. this. I think that that trade makes sense if it's to get Justin Fields. And and again, the league disagrees with us because he went at 11. And, th- and we'll talk about the Bears in a second because I think they nailed it. Lots. The Mac Jones, sorry, Mac Jones is an okay quarterback first round prospect. I feel the same about him going at 15 as I felt about Dwayne Haskins. And we saw the ass end of what could happen with his ha- when, when Haskins. But when you can get a, a talented quarterback in the middle of the first round without trading up, I think you've done a great job. Now, the issue is, like, Trey Lance, to me, was the same thing. If Trey Lance would have fallen to 15 and the Patriots would have got him, I would have stood up and clapped. But the fact of the matter is the, the, the Niners used three first-round picks and a third-round pick to take a guy who has one FCS season under his belt, has a huge wide distribution of outcomes, and the and the Niners don't have the luxury. This isn't a Mahomes Alex Smith situation unless mm-hmm. unless Shanahan walks back all the bullshit he said about Jimmy G over the last like week. Like you know what yeah. I mean? It's so whereas with Fields, I mean again, the league disagrees with us because he didn't go until 11. So like something's there or the league is just, you know, and we're talking about a league that drafted two running backs tonight. They've never been wrong. You move mount- so much more if do. you move mountains, if Fields was selected tonight, it would have been an unequivocal, like, just when you look at the league, the shining star, Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, it would have made a ton of sense. Lance, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic if I'm the Niners, but, man, did you pay a lot of money. I mean, essentially, like, the, he has the widest distribution of any player in this draft. I, I agree. Now, um, look, the, the, the bell is going to ring here. And here's why the bell is going to ring. Okay. And I'm not going to take another poll on, on screen high, but I'm going to drink like a civilized human being. But here's what I need to say about this. Because I think you, you make a really important point, which is there better be something behind this field stuff besides he was a black quarterback. That There better be something besides that bullshit because it's it's absolutely ridiculous and I'm really happy for Justin Fields because I think he's going to a good team and I'm happy for Allen Robinson because he's getting a quarterback and throw it in the fucking ocean um 
but I, I, I really, I want a legitimate football reason why Trey Lance goes over Justin Fields, because this is going to be interesting, man. The Bears are a legit team. These two guys are going to be compared one for one. And the only thing I'll say, and I think this is why they went Lance. I think that it was a compromise. I think that Kyle Shanahan saw a player who had, in his mind, was so raw that for him to be great would require Shanahan to be great too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. th- there is a little bit of like fields fields has been awesome already. No, like if Lance turns into anything close to Patrick Mahomes, people are going to go to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. It's Steve this. McNair, right? It, it's like, but, but McNair played, we don't even like McNair played a ton. You, yeah. br- I think you brought, or Chris brought this up pre-show. Like, um, Lance has not, and and I will say, let me ask you this. Do you believe, like the mean projection for them is obviously different. Do you think that the ceiling for those two players is different between Fields and Lance? I don't, man. Like, I, I feel like, especially in that Niners offense, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I think the arm strength is there. The athleticism is there with Fields. Um, the processing's there. He's super bright. I mean, we're like, I mean, I like Lance's story. I mean, Marshall, Minnesota, that's like a little rinky-dink town in Southwest Minnesota. We used to play uh, Southwest Minnesota State where I, when I went to college, you know, Fargo's, you know, a cool town and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's like, he, you know, he doesn't, and he has a ton of talent. He's big and like, you know, all that great stuff. But what does he have that Fields doesn't have? Like, I, well, so what I put up on the screen right now, is um, what people have been talking about. Um, Dan Orlovsky, in, um, who I believe was wearing um, the uh, suit that Mina Kimes decided not to wear. Um, oh, sure. They were matching. All, it, was, it was fantastic. A, um, really good job um, by him. But he was um, – <laughs> and, 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 you know, he's talked about fields a bunch. But he was talking about his release time. And they were showing the tracer and they showed the release times for all the different players. And and Hask uh, sorry, Haskins, fuck. Uh, Fields was significantly slower. Um, this is not something we've been able to test mathematically. W- but we've seen players, you know, Byron Leftwich comes to mind as a really Randall Cunningham release. was another one, by the way, who had a long release and later on in his career that did hurt him. So, I mean, you know, some and 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 uh, this guy brings up a really good point. You know, like, are though is that enough in your mind? Like, does that have legitimacy? You know, is it something we don't know enough about in your mind? Maybe, but I but I think in the Niners' offense, the Niners aren't a quick game offense. It's crazy. Like they're they're a they're a platform offense, aren't they? And like I because we did say like. That that I'll say this. That's why I did, and I know our friend Josh Hermsmeyer, who I really respect, and he was he was great on the bet the process the other night. He thought, um, you know, Fields should go before Wilson. Like I don't think that. I think Wilson was at worst the number two pick here, and and I think he has the best projection of any quarterback, save possibly Lawrence. But mathematically, it's Will it's Wilson. That was like the separator for me. Like I thought, I think Wilson has like. 
no matter what, $40 million second contract potential. Like, I think that, you know, okay. whereas I think Fields, we said this on the forecast too, like, I feel like Fields has, can be super good in an offense like San Francisco for a long time. But that is San Francisco. Like, that's what they are, right? So, like, so I, I don't see it as a big issue. I do see it as an issue if he plays in a weaker system, for sure. But, but like, but all those things about him, like, they're, like, Lance is similarly, like, similar in the sense that he's a huge projection. We don't have data. He has, like, 25 dropbacks and playing from behind. He has, you know not that many situations where like we see the whole spectrum and even with somebody like Lamar Jackson like in the playoffs when we've seen him have to like play other kinds of games it hasn't been quite as rosy for him and that's what I worry about with Lance it's what here's the interesting thing it's it's not just that Lance has a small sample size his accuracy is not great you know so I really do think there's a little bit of He's got so much raw talent, and Shanahan loves the fact that he is so good and, and thinks that he can take the raw talent and make something of it. Whereas, you know, he sees he sees fields and his you know his release and all this stuff. And he's like, you know what? I want the unproven guy. I want to show George, what I can do. George, let's talk betting for a second here, let's quick. Do it. Because somebody we uh our, our great producer tweeted out uh who wins the Super Bowl first out of this group, and somebody wrote Kellen Mond, Saints. And I will say we are often a betting podcast. There is not much in the offering, but we are starting to see George some of these things populate. Okay, um, player over unders. We have them on Mond. We have them on Book. Mm-hmm. We have them on Jamie Newman Davis Mills. Kellen Mond currently seventy four and a half is his over under. What do you think that one looks like, George? Over under there. I do. You know, people shit on Chris Sims a lot, and um, we we really like Chris. He's a, he's a good dude. He was fantastic on the podcast. Um, there are some teams out there that I think should take some flyers. Steelers, uh, football team, um, heck, even the Vikings. Um, I man, I went under this. By the way, I have a little bit of. Um, and actually, like, that's this is the only bet today. that I have that's going into day two. I have under 73 and a half, by the so way. So I was leaning that way. But then you, you go like, okay, well, but there's Kyle Trask. Like, do you see two guys going, you know, before Davis then? Mills' his number Davis, is 60 and a half, and Davis he's shaded under. Well. I'm going to um, go under. I'm going to go under. And, okay. and, and I think it's an interesting – it's such an interesting point because, yeah, if one of these guys goes to the Saints and gets to play – with Sean Payton, like he's got a shot. Yep. Yeah. And then they, they opened up some markets maybe in the last like two, 10 minutes or so next pick for every single player. And I find the first one, by the way, George, for every is, team. Uh, yeah. The first few here, let's say. Okay. So the jet, the Jaguars next pick. So they pick, well, they can't take a running back. Yeah. So it goes tight end is the favorite at plus two fifty. Offensive lineman plus three forty. That would maybe be the bet I like. But here's yes. one that I, here's one that I really like for them. Defensive lineman at plus three eighty. I think Christian Barmore Ooh. goes at this like thirty three spot. If you're willing to take a running back 
at 25, you're willing to take a defensive interior at 33. I'm sorry. Like, okay. I, I, if I had to bet one of those, um, I, I would go with, um, I would go with offensive linemen. The offensive linemen left Tevin Jenkins, Dylan Redunds, um, Walker Little. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at PFFs um, big board here. Samuel Cosme. And by the way, you can see this on PFF right now. The best available remaining on our live draft tracker. Um, and and you can also get a, a draft guide for pro, with promo code draft thirty. Um, I'm going to go offensive tackle. Yeah, I li- I like that. Um, Jets next pick. So Jets okay. pick cornerback plus one twenty five. A clear favorite here. Defensive lineman three eighty. Linebacker three eighty. Um, safety five hundred to go with Ashton Davis and Marcus May. Um, running back plus seven fifty. Mm, I don't think they're taking Javante Williams. I think they value really speedy running backs. Um, man, what are you leaning? They traded, by the way, two thirds to move up to get Elijah Vera Tucker with That's Minnesota. Right. So this is their last pick for a while, I think. Um, I I do think I, I like. I mean, the favorite is Chalky, um, and and they they could pair Quinn and Williams with Christian Barmore. Uh, and sort of go, uh, you know, super, uh, you know, in the interior. But I do think cornerback is probably the play here. All right, one more. Our Falcons, um, they uh, defensive lineman plus two ten, cornerback plus three forty, offensive lineman safety also plus three forty. I, I know. So here's the thing. I always. I always feel like teams don't want to double up. Now, if you believe that they have to trade Julio Jones, I think they should take a wide receiver. Uh, I know they just Elijah Moore. You thinking? I, yeah, or you could go Rondale Moore. I think um, Terrace Marshall, like any of those guys, I think you'd go with. No. Um, but I'll say this: if they can somehow keep Julio Jones, I would love to draft Asante Samuel Jr. Right. Asante Samuel, I believe, at one point played for the Falcons, too. I could be wrong. All those corners from back in the day. Yeah. I think he might have played for the Eagles um, uh, after the Pats. But, yeah, that that's a good one as well. Those markets are going to be available and I think more populous uh, as the day goes on. And, obviously, um, at PFF, I believe our colleague and friend Ben Brown will have an article. I want to say when we wrote that up last year, it was up like 10 units on day two ones i think we smashed a few like plus 300s those are always great hopefully they hang more over unders um as the day goes on as well right now it's just like four quarterbacks that i think were up anyway um yeah you know but when the draft started but that that'll be uh i think a fun part obviously as you said george all the stuff on pff.com for somebody like me who's more of like a a numbers guy and a projections guy um, having those names and some of the, the background material that the draft guy can offer, um, I think indispensable for day two. You mentioned the draft guide promo code draft 30, get 30% off right now. Go get, it. if you thought you were going to make it through round one without it, you may have, if you think you're making around two and three without it, I don't know what you're doing. Go get it, go bet some props. It'll pay for itself. Get, um, get it for 30% off. Tomorrow, we start at 6 p.m. on pff.com, rounds two and three. Saturday at 11 a.m. for rounds four through seven. And Sunday, the recap show starts at noon 
Um, so keep that in mind. Um, and the last uh, thing that I will mention is our DraftKings prop. Over one and a half running backs. It was boosted to plus 225 with promo code PFF on DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And we nailed it. Okay. This is this is a this is a thing to notice, George. By the way, the p- draft props, as we said a ton of times, it, and and this is maybe the only trap we got into with the fields thing. The draft props are you bet on what will happen, not what should happen. And I think we both like we made a ton of money betting on at least one running back going <laughs> in round one. That uh, this past day, um, it, it's and and again. Um, the league is going to continue to be the league. We've only seen two first rounds without a running back since like the seventies. And that was 2013, 2014. Okay. Let's do, um, let's do our favorite picks of the draft. Okay. And and I think this will lead to some good, um, conversation here. Okay. And then we're going to say, we're saving our, our worst picks for last. Um, my favorite pick of the entire draft was the bears getting Justin Fields. And I, and I think that one is in a tier of its own. I think that's how great that move was. I mean, they paid, they paid, uh, was it a third? What'd they pay to move up? Well, and then like a future one, I think it was, it was relatively cheap considering what San Francisco paid for three. It was very cheap. Uh, Gettleman said he didn't want to get fleeced, but kind of got, I don't, I, you know, I, he didn't though. Right. Like, cause that if, well, Here's a question. Let me let me bring this one more time. The Giants should have been considered Fields, shouldn't they have? I mean, yes, and the Giants fans will get very mad at, at us because they love Daniel Jones. I mean, fuck. You know, so many teams should have considered Fields. The Lions should have considered Fields. The Panthers should have considered Fields. Hell, the Broncos should have considered Fields. Um, there were so many teams that should have considered Fields. So for the Giants not to is – is going a step further than those teams, in my opinion. Like Daniel Jones, significantly better quarterback than Sam Darnold, significantly better quarterback than um, than Drew Locke. So to me, that's nowhere near as big of a sin. Um, and I actually like what the Giants ended up doing later on. But let, let's talk about Fields here for a second. Um, does he not have a real shot here? I mean, remember Mahomes went 10th overall, you know, like – Mm-hmm. This is it would not be crazy for like if you had to bet offense rookie of the year right now. Uh yeah. I mean the Bears are not the greatest on the offensive line. They do have weapons. Tariq Cohen comes back. But that um, offensive line, Eric, is gonna be helped because yeah. Justin Fields has four four speed. Cole Komet in year two. I, I yeah, they have a shot. They have a shot to be good. Yeah. Uh and and he could certainly you know, and and here's the question: If how many games does Lance have to start for it to be even even money? Because I do think Lance obviously gets a handy, like it's a, a you know he gets a spread for playing for the Niners instead mm-hmm. of the Bears. But if Fields starts 15 of 17 games and Lance starts 10, obviously you're going to go with Fields if he plays at or or better, which we I would imagine expect him to do. So. Uh, yeah, he's, he's good. I mean, the, the cool thing is notice here, the middle-class quarterback contract, Dalton and fields are going to make about half of what a team that has somebody like Goff or cousins is going to be paying their quarterback. I, I am really curious to find out 
And I have some people that we're going to reach out to and try and identify why fields fell. But I'll say this. If fields fell for a reason that is fixable, this is the motivation he needs to fix it. Right? Mm -hmm. This is the motivation he needs to fix it. So um, I think that this, I'll say that I, I know that sometimes you get like hyperbolic here, but the bears have been mired in garbage for so long and this pick has a chance to change the the, the lead and especially with rogers potentially moving on with how good the bears are around him i know they need some offensive line help but justin fields this is the reason we said we take him at three he has transcendent ability and, and, and he's an accurate as hell quarterback it wouldn't be crazy if three years from now we're like, yeah, Justin Fields is a perennial top five quarterback. It would not. It would not yep. shock me at all. It would shock me if Mac Jones were. And uh, we'll talk about Mac Jones here in a second. Um, yeah. uh, your uh, f- first favorite pick other than Fields. Um, Man, this is going to be – this is kind of hard for me to say because I've been ripping this franchise for the better part of half a decade. Oh, um, but I think the Minnesota Vikings picking Christian Dara shot 23 mm-hmm. um, after acquiring two third round picks. Um, and, and and it's the other side of the coin. I think one, if you throw out the very worst picks in the draft, the Jets trading up for Elijah Vera Tucker, I gave that a D plus in my 130 AM grades for this draft because like, I think you just see both sides of the story. Like the Jets trade a ton of picks to get quote their guy, a guy that many people like thought the Vikings wanted, and the Vikings wait nine picks and get an offensive lineman who many people think is better than Elijah Vera Tucker, and it just sort of yes. shows kind of the um, you know what can happen when you're just patient with the draft. It's it's a clinic uh, on how to play the draft. Yeah. You assume other teams are going to make stupid decisions and take what is there because there's always something. This is, I think, the misnomer. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah there's some picks where like, there's nothing there. It's like, no, no, no. There are always best available players of positions that, that are uh, you know, of great value at that point. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, Rick Spielman, like, really fantastic. He's good at he, – like, I'll say this. Rick Spielman is a very flawed general manager. He's very good at this. Yes. I, you know, they – we, I don't think we're going to give the Vikings enough flack for, for letting their division rival move up past them to get fields. Um, but but he, he does a very good job of moving back and still getting players who are, who are who, you know, end up being underdrafted, let's say. Um, great comment here. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with my second favorite pick. Now, <laughs> this is going to surprise some people because I do think it is Mac Jones. Um, but I'm going to give you some interesting reasons here. So first off, Matt Jones is literally the perfect New England quarterback. Okay. Boston is going to really love this guy. <laughs> um, and hopefully you get the joke. There. He's got a clam chowder body. Let's yeah. I mean, holy shit. Bread bowl actually, I believe is the way that you would describe it. Um, but when jelly donut rolls into New England, let me tell you who is going to be extra motivated, who does not eat donuts. Cameron Newton. Yeah. Now, people shit on Cameron Newton all the time. People get way too excited about him as well. But I'll say this. That supporting cast 
that he had last year was trash. And if he's motivated, Cam Newton at his peak is a better quarterback than, than Mac Jones. And so I think this has great potential for the Patriots to get the most out of Cam Newton if there's anything left in the tank. And if not, you have a guy in Mac Jones who at pick 15, a phenomenal value, right? I mean, like, you don't take him at three, but at 15? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's what some people struggle with when they look at these things, right? Where, like, some people struggle when it's like, when it comes down to, oh, you think this player sucks. It's like, no, I actually don't think this player sucks. I think he sucked at this price. I think he's perfectly fine at this price. You know what I'm saying? And and um, and, and I think Mac Jones is a slam dunk at this. And I know we have some friends. I mean, there are, there are people, like, let's put it this way. There are people we respect who went way further than we did on the Mac Jones should not go third overall you know, in, in, and I get, I understood the contempt at the idea that he would go in front of Justin Fields, but that was eventually projected into this thing where he's not even worthy of a first round pick, which is ridiculous. Any player with the production that Mac Jones had at Alabama in a situation where, by the way, Alabama was only, he only had one of the four wide receivers that Tua worked with. Um, like there's a, enough there to like, I just didn't like him at three. I love him at 15. And I think, and again, this is the thing. Let me ask you a question, George. Was the Dwayne Haskins pick a bad pick? No. Yeah. I I was on the phone with uh, our friend and guest, Thomas Dimitrov. We were talking about the Denver Broncos with the Bridgewater. And, and he was like, well, do you still like Locke there as a backup? I go, hell yeah, I do. He's worth, he's being paid a million dollars and you know, he still has upside. I, I don't think the 40th pick for Drew Locke was a bad pick at all either. Sometimes the 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 dies, you know, the 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 uh, coin comes up tails, and that's fine. And it could for Mac Jones, but if it comes up heads, you just got a quarterback in a league where almost all the good ones go in the top ten. You got him at 15. <laughs> that's a really good value. It it absolutely is, and um, and good for the Patriots. And I would say this. I'd say this about the Patriots. I'd expect the Patriots to run some two-quarterback offense. Like, I I absolutely would, 100%. Now, the problem is they don't have receivers that can separate. But, you know, like let's take a look at, um, you know, their next pick. So when do the Patriots um, pick next here in round two? They have pick number 46. So theoretically, you know, they could be in the running for a Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore a Terrence Marshall, um, like those are those are players that could be there. Um, after that, you're kind of yeah. I mean, those those are basically the three. Um, so you know, hopefully they can get one of those for, for those guys' sake. Okay, um, we we spent too much time on the two quarterbacks, but we'll keep moving here. Your next favorite pick. Um. So I I think this is just a really good fit. Um. I like Rashad Bateman to Baltimore. Um, I think he's just that steady. Like I think when you, I think when you look at Baltimore's receiving core from January to now, it's just far more of an NFL receiving core. Now you have Hollywood Brown as sort of that like small, slender sort of player that can stretch the field, but you don't need him. Like if he's your number one, 
and he goes like three games where he catches three balls total mm-hmm. for like 70 yards, that's a failure. But what he could end up being now is a guy who's like, you know, seven for a hundred and a touchdown. And then two games where he disappears and like kind of that like sporadic production. And that's fine. If he's your two or three, then you have Bateman who can probably be your one eventually and a very more, a more complete receiver for Lamar Jackson. And then you have Sammy Watkins who again is like as a third option is a very like plus player. Again, a lot of upside there. I think the Ravens took what was a clear weakness for them and made it a strength or not a strength, but made it an NFL representable unit. Um, I agree. And um, I, that was one that, that I certainly would have, would have put there. Um, I have a few um, contestants here for my next one. Um, and I know we already talked about the Browns. I really loved that the Greg Newsom pick, but I'm going to go elsewhere. Um, and I am going to go to, gosh, I just did this last year. Okay. Um, and, and I know, I know they traded up, which I don't love. Um, but I think Devonte Smith is really good at football, man. Like, and for the Eagles to get Devonte Smith, to not be afraid of picking a wide receiver in the first round for a second straight year. Um, that I just, and I, a waddle was fantastic. I, I really liked the fact that the, the dolphins, you know, got waddled that they had to trade back up. The fact that the Eagles were able to move back, acquire more pieces, move up one spot to get Devonte Smith. Ultimately the giants traded out, you know, um, and, and Justin Fields goes there. Look, I don't know that he has the highest ceiling of, of any of these guys, certainly, but I think he probably has the best average. I mean, the guy has such great skill. Um, so I love what the Eagles did getting Devontae Smith. Um, you know, uh, would I have taken fields? Yes, I, I would have taken fields. Um, but given that they're giving Jalen Hurts a chance, you know, I, I love Devontae Smith there. Yeah. Yep, and and they're starting to build the important parts of the team. Brandon Brooks got hurt last year. He's going to come back. Um, mm-hmm. Jason Peters as well. I mean, I don't think he'll he'll you know he's probably not going to return. But yeah, Bonner Dillard was hurt all year. Um, you know, offensive linemen, you know, like him could progress at some level. Defense isn't very good, but they got two I think solid contributors in Eric Wilson and Anthony Harris. And now you put two first round receivers together. And let's just put it this way. If Jalen Hurts is good, you're going to find out, uh, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. and that's good. And in a in a situation where, you know, the Eagles have tasted a championship over the past five years, they're, they're probably don't see a huge amount of value. Like they don't see a ton of value in going nine and seven and winning. They did that for two or three years. I got Doug Peterson fired, basically. So what are they? They're going to try to build this thing again, try to be a championship caliber team eventually. And and, and you know should be good. You know, like I, I, I think this is a good start. Okay. I, um, do you have one more? I do. Um, I'm not going to do the Greg Newsome one. Like we've luckily yeah. when they just continue to do, I mean, it's like the best student in your class, right? Like they're that they, I said, they've gotten a 4.0 GPA since Andrew Barry's been there. Um, I'll, I'll say this, like people are going to flame. If people are going to flame this, I think that. Zach Wilson at two 
it has the has the potential to change the NFL in that the Jets event will the Jets will contend in a way that they haven't for a long time wow. and sustainably so. I like it. I, I like it, man. I mean, you bring in we've seen you know this as we talk about this a lot. Like we use math to to inform our decisions because it it's proven, right? The effect that bad going from bad culture to good culture can have is real. Mm-hmm. We believe in that wholeheartedly. And everything we've heard about Adam Gase, you can hear this when Xavier Howard talks about it, going from Adam Gase to Brian Flores, he said it on Chris Collinsworth's podcast, what was the biggest thing? He was like, discipline, like that we actually have it now. And Robert Sala is going to bring that, and Lafleur, young Lafleur, is going to bring an offense that's real, and they have draft picks, and Joe Douglas like appears to actually know what he's doing. So that environment, which we talk about being so important, will be there. It's not Kansas City Chiefsian, but it's improving quickly. I, I, I'm with you there. Let me give you one more similar to that on the like no quarterback, but they already have a quarterback. What the Dolphins did, getting Waddle and Jalen Phillips, I -hmm. think is was fantastic. They have redefined their wide receiver core. Fuller, Waddle, Jakeem Grant, uh, Gesicki, like those guys are going to be open over the middle of the field. They're fast. That if if Tua can't get it done now, you're moving on. Shout out by the way to our friend Evan Silva who. That market, it was strange. That market was clearly quitty pay favored. By the time we were off the show, Jalen Phillips was then favored. And then actually, as the week progressed, it went back to quitty pay. But it, So I was able to get a couple. Like I think I got Phillips at plus 150, and I got pay at plus 130. So I got a nice like negative hold there. But it was that was a good one. And he, and he picked the exact spot, too. Like it was perfect. Um, you know, at 18 to Miami uh, makes a lot of sense. And look, that team still trying to build the culture. They, they have like, we're, we think they're smart, but they're not unequivocally. So like we would have liked them to trade back from six and, you know, they, the Van Noy, you know, the Cam Robinson, all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. but they do make more good decisions than they make bad ones. And, you know, that's a good thing to see. We're starting to see, look, Think about this, George, the AFC right now, right? Rodgers to Denver. Let's say that happens. Mm -hmm. You have Denver, Los Angeles with a great coach and a young quarterback, obviously Kansas City, Buffalo, one of the sharpest teams in football, good young quarterback. I already talked about Browns, talked about Baltimore, Miami. Man, and you know, like the AFC South is just going to be a bunch of six-win teams, but like – you know, it, it, it's it, that's a really fun conference. And you think about this again when you talk about Justin Fields, goes to the NFC, and the NFC's flat. Like Chicago was already in the playoffs last year. We could see him taking the Bears to the playoffs again in 2021. I have to, I have to make a confession here. I just, I did bet a future before this. I wasn't going to tell anyone. I'm a little embarrassed because probably not. I bet the Bears to win the Super Bowl. Plus five thousand. Look at you. Yeah. Look, yeah. Um, I'm all in. I'm all in. Um, someone mentioned Rashawn Slater to the Chargers and Darius Tony. Um, like both of those quite a bit. Um, did, okay, oh, hold on one sec. So yes. the thing about the Tony pick, 
I actually gave it a bad grade. Yes, you did. You hate Kadarius Tony. Why? I moved it. I moved it up a little bit because I forgot when I originally put, posted that in our chat that they traded back. So the trade back gives me like I put it as a D plus. I'm gonna make it a C plus now. So the trade What's obviously the makes makes What's it the a better hate pick. On Tony, okay, take me. I like this. So, Tony's Tony's prop was in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Like we're just talking about an overdraft, right? Like th- it's the same reason. Like I like the player, but I probably, you know, like I probably would have opted for a different wide receiver if I'm taking one at 20 because I'm getting a guy, I'm overdrafting him by 10 to 15 spots. And that's the same thing with Alex Leatherwood. Like no one thinks Alex Leatherwood sucks. They just don't think he should have been taken at pick 17 and like that's kind of how I feel about Kadarius Tony. I think, you know, I think he'll be useful. Like that offense could be pretty good, um, yeah. but I just don't know at pick twenty if I'm taking him there. But the trade back was good, so okay. it, it gets uh, less of you, a negative grade for me. I'll give you my um, my rationale on it, which is you have you have good receivers, you have good traditional receivers. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony has something. There aren't many guys in this draft that have an athleticism trait that no one else has. Okay? Yeah. And Kadarius Tony is one of those guys. So is it a risky pick? Absolutely. Like, the guy is not a, a polished route runner. However, in an offense where there are other pieces there with the right coaching and the right scheme, he can be a super dynamic piece and he can make that offense really hard to stop if they use him correctly. I'm not going to say Tyreek Hill, but that kind of approaching that kind of um, uh, special athleticism that forces defenses to play differently. Um, If if Daniel Jones comes around and look, it kind of reminds me, you know, in Minnesota, they had Sidney Rice, who was kind of like Galladay. They had, you know, Bernard Berrien, who's kind of like, you know, they, they got Shepard and they have Slayton. And then Percy Harvin came in and did a ton of great stuff as sort of a non-traditional wide receiver. Like that, that could be a very good thing. And like, honestly, like I'm not a huge Daniel Jones fan and, and I'm not a huge Jason Garrett fan, but like, you know, a clock, a dead clock's right twice a day. Like, you know, at some point, like there could be production there just from, like flooding the zone with great, you know, talent around Daniel Jones and uh, uh, Jason Garrett. There, All right, we're going to do our least favorite picks in just one second. Um, but I, I want to tell you guys, um, if you're listening now um, and you're looking for some some clothing, I, I am very. You know how picky I am, right? Very picky about I, everything. Picky really about everything. You just saw me drinking, you know, nice tequila. I won't eat um, bad food. I will not wear clothes that do not fit well that I do not like. However, I found a clothing brand that I love so much that we had them dress us for the draft show. And you can attest, stuff fits pretty damn good. Wore jeans the entire draft show. Felt like I was wearing sweatpants. Felt fit like a glove. Um, I had this super cool jacket that I got to wear. Um, It's from Sweat Taylor, S-W-E-T, Taylor. And you can get 25% off with promo code PFF-SWEAT, S-W-E-T, 25% off. I would go check it out, man. Like it's not super high price. They've got simple shirts. They uh, sweats um, the, the denim, the, the, like the duo denim stuff. I, I shit you not. It is incredibly comfortable. I have as hard a time buying jeans as anyone because um, I'm not like 
built like the fucking models who don't eat food. So um, go check it out, sweattailor.com. Highly recommend it. You can see us wearing it on the show and, and decide what you like. I got a, I got a sick piece tomorrow. Um, next one I want to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. If you're looking for a way to get an Edge annual subscription in the draft guide and play a little fantasy best ball, Underdog Fantasy, use promo code PFF, deposit 10 bucks, get a free PFF Edge subscription if you use promo code PFF. By the way, Underdog Fantasy, absolutely killing it. Love their brand. Go check them out. Okay. Least favorite picks. We saved best for last. I'll let you go first. Oh, man. Well, Leatherwood, Harris, and Etienne, I think get Fs. I think those are all sort of like what you would expect. I, I talked about Elijah Vera Tucker. I gave that a D plus. Here's a low-key D plus for me. It's Peyton Turner, the Houston defensive lineman for the New Orleans Saints. I just His projection wasn't the greatest thing in the world. His mm-hmm. athleticism score was above average, certainly but not like freaky new Orleans like has a fetish here for like non power five edge player type, but you know, type guys. Mm-hmm. And like, that's great. I'm glad they didn't trade up. I am really like, I think that there was a smart move for them to hold back and from yep. doing that. I just, you know, I think that there was better options for them there. I agree. I mean, the running backs are not going to waste my time uh, talking <laughs> about those. I have like, real players to talk about here um okay i'm gonna give you my first one and uh this is gonna anger people but i feel pretty strongly about this um the the cowboys took a linebacker and i don't i one that we don't even really know uh, their coverage uh ability um i just don't get it I, i don't your defense can't cover anybody um, if you're using him as a pass rusher, why not just take Jalen Phillips or Bay or you know, a pass rusher? If you're going to take Micah Parsons, why not just trade down and, and take a, a linebacker without some of the question marks that are swirling around him? Um, I thought this was, especially with Rashawn Slater right there and how beat up your offensive line has been, I thought this was low-key one of the worst um, picks in the first round. Yeah, no, dude. I mean, this is what did I give this? A man, I was even nice. I gave a C minus. I feel like I should have been even more harsh. Here's yeah. why it sucks. Okay, just two years or three years ago, remember when Steve was giving me a bunch of shit because Dallas went into New Orleans and won that Thursday yeah, yeah. night game, and everybody's like, "Eric, you guys say defense doesn't matter, but they certainly matter that night." Blah blah blah. And then two years later. Honest to God, Vander like Vander Esch and Smith were like two of the six most valuable linebackers in 2018, and now they draft Micah Parsons. They also, by the way, signed Keanu Neal, a guy who played for Dan Quinn in Atlanta, to play weak side linebacker. Now you have you have four. This like, feels like my high school team. You're going to play a four four. Like, what are you doing? You know, unless they. And and again, this like feels like da- it feels like Seattle in in nineteen, where they're like, we're gonna play base all the time. We're just gonna have athletic linebackers. I'm sorry, but your athletic linebackers are not gonna be able to cover slot receivers, especially not. Think about this: your division. Who did your division draft? Your division drafted Devonte Smith at ten, mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony at twenty. Um, Washington already has Curtis Samuel uh, and. Um, 
the guy from Terry yeah, McLaurin. And like you're not gonna be able to outflank these guys on defense. So then now you have to come back and either get rid of Vanderesh, get rid of Jalen Smith, uh, Keanu Neal, who hasn't been able to stay healthy. Now is to play yeah. safety probably. And like, yeah, there's some like there are some projections that we have that makes Micah Parsons eventually look like Bobby Wagner. So I can understand why Dan Quinn wants this particular player, but it's not co- congruent with the rest of the football team. It's a clear, we need to give the defense something. We let the defensive coordinator pick, and he picked the player that he thinks matters more than that they really matter. He's not going to be Bobby fucking Wagner, okay? Like, you can't expect him to be no. a Hall of Fame linebacker. That's your high if that's, like, your expectation for Micah Parsons. Bobby Wagner deserves more respect than that. Come on, man. Um, okay, I, I have a few more. I'm getting excited here. You know nothing juices me up. Like, like, uh, like my hating least, on picks, like hating on shit, uh, especially yeah. while drinking some tequila at 3 a.m. in the morning with my buddy here. Let's go. All right. Give me another one. Uh, okay. That was a good one. I thought, um, Thank you. I thought Zayvon Collins was an overdraft. And let's just say this. All the linebackers in the first round were terrible picks. Jamin Davis was also one. I know we got ripped. Um, because Jamin Davis was like low on in the mock draft simulator. Well, he was low for a reason. Okay. When Zayvon Collins is like a freak, but you literally just draft like you drafted Isaiah Simmons last year and then didn't start him for weeks because you had linebackers. Like you signed Jordan Hicks to a big deal just two years ago. Isaiah Wilson, or is it sorry, Isaiah Simmons? Uh, I made that mistake twice today. Isaiah Simmons is there. But, now but you're going to go. Zayvon like, Collins, doing? and now you like you don't need three linebackers in the NFL. You need two, and you need a number of corners. Because here's the thing: if one of your corners gets hurt, you can't take a linebacker or a safety and play him there. If one of your linebackers gets hurt, you can take a safety, much like Arizona did for years with Dayon Buchanan, and have him play linebacker. So it's just a misunderstanding. And then Jamin Davis, like when I see him play. I see Alec Ogletree and like, I love athletic linebackers, but like the, the Niners had this guy used to play for the Vikings too, named Dontarius Thomas. Yes. And he was fast, but you know what being fast and, and like not all that bright at linebacker gets you <laughs> further out, further out of the play yeah. than you were if you were slow. And so like, I see Alec Ogletree there and that's just a huge overdraft in my opinion. Yes. Uh, I agree. Um, Next one I want to talk about. Wait, did you mention you mentioned Alex Leatherwood already? Yeah, I, I clumped did. him in with the line. You clumped him in with the running backs. That's how bad the Raiders <laughs> pick was, is that they picked a player, a position of value so out of position that they got lumped in with yeah. ru- teams that took running backs in the first round. I love John Gruden. I, I love his his attitude and like he's just such a fun character. What the fuck was this, man? Like, I how can you keep taking first-round picks, say a first-round pick is a $100 bill, and then going and buying a stick of gum with it. Like, what are you doing? Like, Alex Sutherwood could be a great guard. Why not pick him in the second or third round? And if he's not there in the second third round, guess what? You'll live. Because a yeah, guard yeah, will ain't live. changing your team. Your team is bad. You're, you're I, tr- I think that the hardest thing is that, like... I want them to be good. Yeah, <laughs> I want I mean, Vegas to be good. The... 
you're just leaving dollar bills on the ground for teams like Cleveland and mm, dollar and, bills on the ground. and Baltimore to pick up. Like that's all you're doing when you do this shit. Like honestly, yeah. like cause good place <laughs> to pick up dollar bills. Yeah. Like, and what was that when uh, Billy Bean said this? It was like, and and uh, Cade wrote this up in our on our website this week. It's like you know the dollar bills become quarters and then they become pennies, but it will still pick them up. But like the Raiders are still leaving hundreds on the floor for like Baltimore's and you know Cleveland, all the teams picking behind them. And that's like one of the funniest things about the draft too, since it goes in reverse order of record. When the dumb teams do dumb things, it like backs up like options Mm -hmm. for the good teams and like that's you know like it's honest to god like you don't have to and one of the things i like about draft season when you talk to people in the league is they have drastically different opinions than we do and they have different boards but you after you do your eval you have to come up for water and realize what the rest of the market is doing because if you don't you are going to draft Cleveland Farrell fourth and you are going to draft Jonathan Abram in the 20s and you're going to draft Alex freaking Leatherwood at 17 before Christian Dar- six picks before Christian Derrishaw. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah and I would just like I feel like this needs to be mentioned repeatedly like yes I know teams get medical information they get a chance to interview players that we do not get to do however the way they evaluate their production on the field we grade every fucking player on every single play and fucking three guys do it and then mike renner goes and watches all their fucking film like eight times okay this is not like the, the, the teams do not have a fucking special telescope that watches players play and sees shit that other people can't see. Like, I'm tired of this bullshit. Well, and not only that, getting paid, you know, fucking nothing are like Einstein over here. Get over well, it. Not, Stop. Not Be only better than that. Not only that, but they don't have it's 324. Everybody has access to the same like mock draft information. Like, our friend, you know, John T, he's like, he's collecting mock drafts in, and you know, other people in teams are collecting mock drafts. People are teams are asking us for our mock draft simulator information. You don't need to think that that has valuable information vis-a-vis who is better, but it does give you information about who is going to be available. And if you don't pay like that, that's maybe the difference that we're, that we're, that we have to highlight. You can think whatever you want about the players, mm-hmm. but you need to know what they cost. Yep. Okay. I, you can think like you and I, I can have, so this is, this is the sort of thing. If I don't, I, and I don't really like cars, so I don't value a Porsche at what its price is. But if I need one and I walk into a dealership and I say, I'll give you $50,000, they're going to say, shut up. Like it costs more than that. And that like I need, if I'm going to go in and buy a Porsche, it actually doesn't matter what I think about it. If I need one, I need to pay what the price is. And it seems like, again, we, we lose, we get lost or well, the Raiders specifically, I think the other teams are fine, but it's like they get lost in, well, our board matters a ton, but like, that's not, it's so myopic that you end up with Cleland Farrell at four and Alex Leatherwood at 17. Yeah. Um, by the way, someone asked, can you explain the horn pick? And I would go, you go back and watch what Darius Butler had to say about it, but he and Mike made some really good points. He is a press corner. The Panthers don't play any press. So either they are going to be changing what they do, or they're asking a guy they picked at eight, a corner they picked at eight to like change his game. 
I personally love JC Horn, but I would worry, like we talk about this all the time. It's like, why would you draft a guy and ask him to do something you haven't seen him do yet? You know, like that's a worry for me. Um, okay. Uh, another pick that you don't like. Um, yeah, that, the horn pick, by the way, I gave a B minus to I for the reasons you were talking about. Here's one Denver. I don't like Patrick Sertan at okay. nine. I thought it was a Speaking. C minus. I Sertan is a 95th percentile athlete, great football player, bad pick. Like you either you either take fields here, you hold the pick for ransom, you take a wide receiver. Like I to me, Denver, you trade for Bridgewater, and like I mean. Did Denver get better appreciably today? No. And, and Sertan's great, by the way. Sertan's a great football player. This is just a dumb pick. This was the pick. This was the one where I go, what did Justin Fields do? Like, did he go around kicking puppies at a dog park? Because the Denver Broncos are right fucking there. And you may think Fields has flaws, have you watched Drew Locke play football? You're worried about Justin Fields' flaws. Go watch Drew Locke play and then ask yourself, should I be passing on Justin Fields? And the answer is no. And I understand that, you know, okay, maybe there's some things we we don't know. But before I believe that, I'm going to believe that, yeah, they just really like Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and want them to duke it out. Now, at first I thought this was for the Packers, right? The Packers need a corner. <laughs> And they're going to trade this pick to the Packers. And this gets me to one of my least favorite picks, which is what the Packers did. And I, I have, okay. So the Packers did me a solid because I bet on Eric Stokes to go in the first round. I bet his under. We talked about it. He sailed under his pick prop. And he is a classic example of, of a really fast player who doesn't have the fluidity at corner that is so important. And I, I'm not speaking from experience. I'm listening to what um, to what Darius Butler was talking about on the show, which is speed only matters if you can do those other things. Because if not, you don't have a chance to let your speed work for you. Uh, with Asante Samuel Jr. still on the board, with uh, wide receivers on the board, um, I know this is a broken fucking record. Um, with, even with tackles on the board, um, I thought that was a particularly poor pick in what is now shaping up to be a disastrous offseason for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, well said. I mean, the Thank you. the the Rodgers thing again, when you think about like what's the best case scenario when you make the Jordan Love pick and they're in it and it still sucks. Like what, you know, it, it, there was only really one uh, thread, which was, to win the Super Bowl last year, and that you know, uh, unfortunately, they're not able to. I, I would have liked to have seen them take a wide receiver. Um, yeah, they didn't do it. Um, you know, how far until we see the Bears as the favorite in that division? By the way, like uh, it should be soon. Should be very soon. Um, I, I, someone asked, um, "Can you talk about the Newsom pick?" We like the Newsom pick a lot. Um, I'll give you one last one. That you that you hate because we're just on a roll here, um, and for some reason there are a thousand people watching this live stream at three thirty in the fucking morning. It's unbelievable, but, but but we certainly we we, we really this, appreciate you all coming this on. Is and obviously, this it makes is why it we love it. it. We we right. get to it, you know the summer cancel is all of our meetings tomorrow. Okay, 
Um, this is sitting in for our meeting. Hey, Timo. So me, you, and, and Timo, who, who's the guy behind the mock draft simulator, Friday from like 8.30 to 9.30, we have a standing meeting. Yeah. And Timo's going to wake up soon. He could just join this. And we yeah, just yeah. go straight through. By the way, I'm, sure- I'm an idiot. I, I accepted a VEASAN invite for 7.10 this morning. So oh, it'll be stay up. it'll just be a great one. Okay. Oh, by the way, I gave the Trey Lance pick a B-. minus. You know, just I, I, I'm not a huge fan of everything. Um, but let me find one more that I don't like. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, I give that a B-. minus. I think... Um, I... Buffalo already kind of has that guy in Ed Oliver, don't they? Like it just, I don't know. I wish they, they could have done something else there. I think. Um, that one was weird to me. Like he's and- a, he's a bad athlete too, by the way, his tests are garbage. Like he's going to have to overcome like an edge is one of those. And unlike, he may not even and- play edge. Yeah, which again, like they just took a top whatever pick on Ed Oliver. Like, so, and and they're, by the way, okay, back this up a little bit more. They're a bad run defense, right? They've, and mm-hmm. that, and they, and they're sharp in that, like they don't care, which is good. But, you know, we, we found statistically, like a guy like Barmore, you pair him with a guy, a penetrator like, uh, Ed Oliver, you're probably, you're probably doing really well there. If you have two guys, like either, Either Rousseau and Oliver play together, in which case your run defense is not going to be particularly good, and you can't play the two high that helps you stop the pass as well. Or like you're he's a part-time guy, or you move on from Ed Oliver. Like it's yeah. a weird, like I generally think Buffalo is a very smart team. This one made little sense to me. I thought this was a super weird pick for Buffalo, and um yeah. Um, someone asked about Quiddy Pay. Um, Quiddy Pay uh, was an interesting one because the Colts I thought could have gone in a lot of different directions. Um, but to get the number one edge defender on our board at twenty one, who's a, a, a really good athlete, um, like I, I didn't mind that uh, too much, but. Um, yeah, I'm with you on uh, Buffalo. I thought strengthening a strength at receiver. Here's the last one I'll mention. What the fuck are the Bucks doing? Uh, they're trying on a, a player at 32. Just go pick players with value that are going to strengthen a strength. Yeah, it, it made well this that pick also just pissed me off from a betting perspective because we were on. Right. So Over we were 18 and a half. Yeah. So, so we were 18. Well, so I got a juicy 17 and a half, which was nice, but then 18 and a half is where it closed. And there were people that probably tailed us and took like 18 and a half minus 135, which I think is where it closed. And at pick 27, when Rashad Bateman went, that was the 18th offensive player. And then you went five straight defenders to end. And what must've been like, there's bad beats in games. This was a bad beat in a draft prop because you went D-line corner, D-line edge, linebacker-ish to finish yeah. it off. So that kind of tilted me, although we went under half a safety, which is which is a, a win. We also went under four and a half trades. That looked kind of dicey. First half of the first round was three. And they had no trades in the back half of the first round. So um, but yeah, that one was, you know, on four, if you bet over 18 and a half offensive players, I think you deserve to be a little pissed off. 
All righty. Uh, there will be more props tomorrow. We are going to be uh, – we'll do some streams on uh, on the Twitter, on uh, YouTube as well for you guys to check out, talk about some props. There should be money to be made. Look, we're going to Vegas uh, next weekend. We need to hammer these props. The syndicate – the syndicate does not stop in round one. You best believe. So uh, make sure you check out um, all that content. PFF.com will have the live show and the updated tracker. We'll be updating everything as uh, the things are announced on Twitter. So you want to go check that out. Pick grades and analysis there alongside the live draft show. Promo code is DRAFT30 for 30% off. We hope you guys enjoyed round one. Get a little bit of sleep, Eric. I will not watch you on v at 730 in the morning. Peace out.